Good to see everyone. Um, just quick show of hands. How many of you actually tried to go through, successful or not, don't have a show to tell me that, but how many of you actually tried to disconnect from your phone an hour before you go to bed? Show of hands. How many of you did it perfectly if you keep your hands up all seven days? Oh, I got some of this right there. What does that mean? But um, I, completely honest, right, it's difficult. It's difficult for various reasons. I think part of it because we use our phone a lot. And that's the real reason why we're going through this series is because we want to talk about phone and screens. Uh, not because they are always evil. Um, and I want to clarify something, too. After I preached last week, I, I was reminded of this, that uh, Romans chapter 12 actually does not talk about screens. There's no word of phone or screen in there. The truth that we took away from there is that we need to offer our lives as sacrifices to God. That is the truth. That is the, the biblical truth. In applying that, one of the areas that we struggle with the most, I mean, I should speak for myself, is the use of screens. And so we're not saying this is what is teaching about screens. This is how we apply it based on the truth of God. And here's the amazing thing about the Word of God. A word written over a thousand years ago has implication in your life and my life today. That if we really offer our lives to God, our usage of phone to God, our usage of screens to God, we are really living a, offering a sacrifice that is pleasing and acceptable to God. And I think to that end, if we're Christians, that's what we live for. That's what we're living for. We want to please our Lord. Okay, so uh, I just want to clarify that before we jump in today. So last week we talked about screen uh, time, uh, but if you go to, if you go take a look at the screen right here, I have a picture here that maybe not your house, maybe not the restaurant you go to, uh, but one that I think many of us have seen similar pictures of that. At least mental picture of that, if you go to a restaurant, uh, our family go out for, for food and Next to our table, oftentimes we see a whole family of three, four, five, or six, and that they all have their devices on. And for some of you, that is your household. At your own dining table, everyone have dinner, but everyone happened to be at the same table, but you have your own screen out watching it. Or, or if not, you may have a big screen somewhere else that you don't have your own device, but you're focusing on the screen that is shared together. Uh, this is not, I, I don't think it's a... a, a picture that you haven't seen. I don't think it's a scenario that you, 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 you have a hard time finding. This is as common as it comes even here. Right before we start worship service, we're all sitting in rows, and guess what happened? Most of us naturally just take out our phone and look. The only brave soul we have is Ken sitting, standing up here with his base and took his phone and looking by himself. Right? That's just so natural to us. Um, what we see last week was that individually we have a calling. To offer our lives as living sacrifice to God. Part of it is our usage of screens. But what we'll see today is Paul actually moved that body uh, analogy, body uh, command to not just our physical body, but actually the body of Christ. That the church, in the context of the church, how we, uh, how we use our screen actually affects the way we deal with our relationship with one another. That the usage of screens is not only a vertical issue. That I need to worship God with my screens and the way I use my screens. But actually, it affects and ought to lead, leverage well to the loving of one another in horizontal relationship. Meaning me and you as a church member and your family. Uh, that's where we're going to go to today and uh, continue in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 to, eight, uh, 3 to 11. 
um, Kevin already read it for us. But the, the, the main takeaway point I want you to get from here is this. A simple truth. That you and I, as the body of Christ, as part of the members of the body of Christ, we belong to one another. We belong to one another. We're not just happen to be together, but we belong to one another. Because you look, take a look at verse 5. Here's what it says. Paul says this, so we, the church, the body, the body of believers, though many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. There are two parts of that. One first part is this, that we are one body in Christ, so we are a part of the body of Christ, so we'll be, uh, as we gather together, we become the body of Christ. So the second part is what we often miss, is that we're individually members one of another. What that means is that you and I belong to each other. You actually make part of me to become complete. Because through our union, our relationship with Christ, now you and I are connected. I need you. I need Christ, certainly. But Paul said, you need one. You cannot just say the analogy here is the body, right? The, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the, there's an analogy of the ear cannot say, I don't need you, mouth. That is how much we need one another. And in the same way, we as the body of Christ, we are head, shoulders, knees, and toes. And with a diverse mix of people, we belong, we need one another. And there are all sorts of gifts here that was listed. And the reason why these gifts must be exercised, developed, and used is because I need you to exercise your gift to support me as a believer in Christ. And so there's no way we can say, I don't need church because you are the church, first of all, and you need other parts of the body to make up this church. This church right here locally, but the capital C church, church around the world, that Jesus Christ had paid a dear price to save. But here's the problem, though, right? Relationships are messy. Relationships are inconvenient. So when Paul said, you belong to one another, what he's saying is this. That you belong to Mr. Chatterbox. Ch- Chatterbox. Mr. Chatterbox has never stopped, uh, stopped talking. Every time he shows up in a small group, he's the first one to raise his hands, always answer the questions. Everything he talks about is about himself. He t- lets you know everything you don't need to know about him. He's the definition of TMI. Guess what? You are belonging to that Mr. Chatterbox. In Christ, you don't get to choose and say, I don't, eh, he's kind of annoying. I don't want to be a part of him. I don't need him. Paul's saying, no, you belong to him because you belong to Christ. Not only Mr. Chatterbox, maybe Mrs. Moody. Every time you say something, that person has to feel bad about what you said. They have something to top you. Oh, you have a bad experience. They have a worse. You are excited about something. I have the greatest experience this week. She always swings around with her mood like a roller coaster. You got tired of hearing what she shared. Because there's always something bad, always something bad happening in her life. And guess what? Paul said, you belong to her, and she belongs to you. Or for those of us who work with younger kids, little Johnny who's smelly. He shows up always smelling like he never did his laundry at home. Guess what? You belong to him. Because in Christ, we belong to one another. And because of our union with Christ, we have to include and, and act and live in such a way that we belong to Him. But here's where Screens comes in to play. 
our screens, our phones, our iPads can easily become a smokescreen to avoid the reality of relationships. Relationships are hard, are messy, and inconvenient, but here's the thing. We have devices that can distract us from having to get into the mess of relationships. Screens are ready-made escape for you to avoid Mr. Chatterbox, Mrs. Moody, little Johnny, and who's smelly. When you have a device, anytime you can whip out that device and escape from the messiness of relationship, from inconvenience of relationship, from the annoyance that you face in relationship. Screens are like smoke screens. Smoke screens is actually comes from a military uh, tactic that they will make burn some fire and cause smokes to to trying to disguise what they're about to do. And here's what we do a lot of times with our phones, with our with our screens. We use that as a smoke screen to disguise ourselves from relationship that God had put us in. We just put up the smoke screen and say, "Oh, I kind of connected with these people. I showed up." I kind of chatted with them. I liked what they posed. So we connect, we've connected. But in reality, we actually never connected truly with those around us that God has placed in our lives. Screens can easily become an escape valve for us. That if I don't feel like doing a relationship with you, Mr. Chatterbox, I can just bust out my screen and just do my own thing. Think about this with me. When you go out, go, well, you don't know what to say in a room full of strangers. What's the first thing you do? Pick up your phone. Swipe. Act like you're busy. On the plane, you travel. You don't want to talk to the person next to you. What do you do? Just put on your earbuds. That's, that's a universal signal telling the person next to you, do not bother me. I am busy. Those of you at work, same thing, right? If you need to get, get away from, from people talking to you, just put on something in your ear. Then that automatically cuts off all the awkwardness you can have, all the annoying conversation you have. So when we get in a fight with someone at home, you can just go up to your bed, take out your iPad, and start binge-watching Netflix. You can avoid confrontation. You can avoid responsibility. When you're supposed to do something, guess what? I just get distracted following, I go on Amazon.com and start shopping. I can go on Twitter, follow their feed. I can scroll through hundreds, if not thousands, endless feeds of what I see on social media. Not only that, if you don't like who you are, you don't like something about you, screens provide a perfect place to create the identity that you wish you had. You can have an online presence and persona that is not real about you, and you can sell it to people. All I needed to do is I just post pictures of the happy days of my life. If I need some attention, I just post something sad. Just use a few words. I can gather, manipulate, and have an online presence that, that, that gets something that would show people that something that is not real about me. I can avoid difficult conversation. I can avoid co- boring conversation. Think of it when you text. One of the most peppy, personal peppy. I hate seeing those dot, dot, dot on the text. Right? You text someone, it's getting re- really awkward, you're saying something maybe you know they don't want to hear, then you know they're typing, right? You go dot, 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 and then you go back, and you go dot, 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 you know they're like, 
Typing, typing. Oh, this is not good. You race back, 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 backspace. Then type it again, get backspace again. I hate seeing that thought because it annoys the, cra- the, the heck out of me because I'm like, just say it. And we can use our words, miss our words carefully with the screens and online on our phone. We can mask what we really mean. But you cannot do that in person, isn't it? We can be someone else that we're not and escape the relationships, the, the hardships that comes with relationships. But I mean, here's what we miss. And who would want that, right? If I get in a relationship with anyone without any problem, I'll be the best friend for everybody. But the problem is this, the messiness and inconvenience and sometimes the pain of a relationship is what God used to grow us. We need that friction in relationship. I want to share a quote with you from someone um, who, who, who wrote about um, uh, using digital devices. He says this, his name is Tony Ranke. Uh, he says this, the frictionlessness of our smartphone touchscreens are masking our need for the rough edges of face-to-face interactions. I'll run it back. The frictionlessness of our smart, smartphone touchscreens are masking our need for the rough edges of face-to-face interactions. Our screen is so smooth. They present us an easy way out in any tough spots in our relationship. But what God does the most is when we come across the grain and there's friction in our relationship, that's when we grow the most. Look at the scripture again in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 9. It says, let love be genuine. How can you know your love is genuine if never, no one ever else crossed you? We can all say we're loving. We can all act like we're loving here for an hour, 15 minutes. Just shut up and don't say anything. Put up a smile. But when you're in small group, when someone says something about you, when someone holds you accountable to something that you know you should do, guess what? We have to exercise love, and we have to ask that question, is it really genuine? It went on to say, right, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. You, a, a, a thumbs up, a heart emoji is not communi- communicating a whole lot of affection. It does a job decently, but it's a whole new different thing when you show up face to face. It says we need to be, don't be slothful in seal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, serve one another. You can serve one another on the screen in many ways, but it does not replace physically serving one another. Helping one another with our hands and feet, with our voices, with our speech. It says rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. It's hard to grow in patience if you've never been annoyed. Everyone thinks they're the most patient person until someone doesn't do what they say. And these are the place of fertile soil in our lives for God to grow us. Relationship is messy, but screen provides a smokescreen for us to escape from that. And this is why it's so important that we must redeem the screen in our relationship. Because just like you, I spend a lot of time on the screen and it's easy to think I actually connected with people. I can post a thousand posts about spiritual things and yet not connect with one of you. And it will make me feel good when you like it, when you repost it, when you send it to somebody, share it with somebody else. But we've never actually connected. 
And the Bible tells us we ought to think carefully about ourselves in verse 3 in relationship to one another as a church, in relationship with all the people that God had placed in our lives. It's really fascinating because uh, in, in 2 John chapter 12, one of the shortest letters in all of the Bible, John wasted a short few verses as sentences to say something that, quite frankly, he doesn't have to say. John did that. The Apostle Paul did that twice. But I want to show you what he says. And, and it's so short that you're liable, first of all, not to read that book, Second John. And you're also liable to completely miss this verse. Look, let's read that together. Ready? One, two, three. Though I have much to write to you, I will rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. First of all, you're like... Who writes with paper and ink? That's definitely in the old time, right? But the one I want you to see is this. The Apostle John made it a point to write to the people he wrote to because he wanted to communicate something with them. But at the end, he said, it is not enough. It is not enough to use paper and ink. It is, just as, it is not enough to use your screen and type uh, your keyboard. John wanted to be there with those people face to face. Why? Because he said, so that not his joy, not their joy, but our joy may be complete. Face-to-face physical interaction has something to add on to complete the relationship that we have with one another. The Bible tells us you are not just made up of souls and spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5.23 says this, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are made of three things, spirit, soul, and body. You are a person with physical flesh and body. You are made by God to be that way. So on one level, you are made to be spirit so you can connect with God. You have soul so that you have emotions, but... but with uh, continuing with those two things, uh, combined with those two things, you have a body meant to function a certain way. And God made you to feel something tangibly in relationship physically when you connect with people. Think about this for a second. Why do people go on vacation? Why do people spend all that time packing up a, necessary, a, lot of pack, a lot of packing, a lot of luggages, and then they hop onto a flight, pay money to travel to a place just to be there. With technology today, you can actually take a virtual tour of many places. Just hop on somebody's Instagram. You can get pictures of that place. Someone else can go there and take a video of it for you, walk through, and you can watch that video. Why do we actually pay money, spend the time, off of work and school, to go to a place, to visit a place. The reason why is because you are made as a physical person. And when you stand in that place, you feel something different. You can be the best photographer in the world and go take a picture of Grand Canyon. And it will be marvelous and beautiful. You can put it on the back of your, uh, your, your wallpaper on your laptop. You can stare at it day to day, but it's no substitute when you actually put your feet on top of Grand Canyon and stood there and just watch and to feel and to see the vastness of the beauty of nature. 
I never forget the first time I went to the Great Wall of China. I don't have a picture on it. But um, I've been there a long time ago. And I just remember, I growing up, I've, I've read about it. I saw history books about it. I've seen pictures of it. I know it's big, it's long. But until I stepped there, I never forget that day. I just have that thought. Man, this is big. This is like 30,000 miles long. You couldn't see it all. But you're standing there. This is put together not by machine, but by human hands. I remember just standing there just being in awe. How could could people make such a long wall? And who would make people do that? For what reason? Being there for something is very different from taking a look at a picture of it, staring at it, and enjoying thousands of miles away. I think the same is true with our relationship, isn't it? Why do you get together with your, your friends? You could chat with them. You can text them. You can even FaceTime them, Skype them. But why get together physically? Because there's a whole new level of interaction that you have with, your, with people that you love being there. I've been to enough hospital visits to know that when you put your hands on the person who's dying on the deathbed, the peace that you share with that person so much deeper than just an emoji over a text. I remember the first time my wife now, back then my girlfriend, the first time holding her hand. We could have easily just sent an emoji and just hold hands. But I remember just the feeling of it, the physical, the feeling and just how it made my heart skip a beat. Why? Because we're embodied, physical, being made by God. We're made for interaction so much deeper than just over electronic and digital. I shared with you last week that a, a, a family member of ours are being uh, sent overseas. Uh, he's part of the army medic. Talk to a mom who have their kids over overseas and serving in min, uh, military. The only uh, interaction they have is to send packages and pictures through actual mail. And while all that will, 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 will help soothe the, the pain of being, home, of being away from home, I can guarantee you a mom who has a son overseas in the Middle East, they do not want to just send a package. They don't want to just send a video to see if they want to physically be there. You see, when we're physically being with people, all of a sudden, everything changed. We cannot just escape out of the inconvenience and messiness of a relationship. We have to wrestle with the pain. We have to wrestle with the, with the messiness. We have to wrestle with, with actually being present with the people, which is, which is one thing that I want to call us to do. Let's be present in our relationship. The screens that we have promises community. Facebook was first started with the intent and mission to bring people together. But there have been studies upon studies in today's world that with the advancement of social media, actually, social media doesn't gather people more. They actually drive people deeper into depression and loneliness. This book is not a Christian book. It's by, uh, by a person named Catherine Tender Adair. And her book says, the, uh, her title is The Big Disconnect. It talks about how technology disconnects us. 
with greater technology, you would think it can connect us even better. Let me give you some examples from the book. Back then, you actually have to go into the bank to make deposits. But now we have ATM machine, and now if you have an app on your phone, you can just scan your check and deposit. That skips completely the need to go inside a bank to deal with bankers who are not very nice to you. See, with technology, it separates us, it isolates us. Not only that, we, today we have a computer screens and phone and apps that you can buy things without going to the store. You don't have to deal with that annoying uh, front person, cashier, that doesn't scan your things right, do the math wrong. You don't have to deal with the waiter. You can go DoorDash and bring the food to you. There are technologies that supposedly bind us, close us together, but yet it actually separates, isolates even more. You can technically stay in the home for 24 hours a day without seeing people, and you will get food, you will get all that you want. Isolation promised by the technology, isolation delivered. If we're not careful, we can easily be disconnected. With, with you know, Some of us that were talking about Netflix, Disney+, all the streaming devices that you can have. You can't be on your couch watching. And not necessarily is a bad thing, but you can be there and, and continue to be isolated. And the only time you want to turn to some, some meaningful discussion, meaningful re- relationship, is you hop on the Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And all you find there is this community of people who pretend to be who they are. And not just them, you and I do the same thing. That we want to put our best version online. And so we have a gathering, a community of people that are not real. A gathering of people that, that, that put on the best version, but that is not the reality of your life. So we start living in a fantasy. People never see the real us, we never see the real them. And guess what happened? We just continue to stay isolated from the world. So here's a challenge I want to give you today. Again, I don't, do not want to de- demonize screens, but we've got to be careful not to let screens to dictate our lives and drive us to isolation. But we're called to be in relationship. One of the best ways we can be in relationship is to be present with one another. Be there with one another. I mean, think about the God that we have. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus Christ did not send salvation from heaven to earth via text or video. He came down from heaven to earth to live with physical people, live among them, serve them, and die for them. And when he left, we have a Holy Spirit who now lives in you and me. Being present is what God does for us. It's the best sign, expression of God's love for you and I. And that's what we're meant to do, be present first to God, but be present with one another. We all know that. Devices is hard. Makes it easy to not be present, right? We, remember the picture we showed in the beginning? Dinner time, everyone busts out a device. Are we really present for one another? No. We're there together. That's not connection. That's just being there physically together. But let's be present with one another. That means that we need to make time to be present with one another. What you're doing today, right now, It matters not because you're here to me preach. It matters because we are one body in Christ and you need to be with one another. What you did before, those of you who are small groups, is important. Because we need to be present physically with one another. But not just physically, but even in relational. When we are together, 
Let's be present with one another. I had this conversation with someone talking about screen times and things like that, and the person said, Dude, I do not struggle with this at all. And in the back of my heart, liar, but, but I just, oh, whatever, okay. So then we're talking and talking, and I have no problem with it. And the whole time we're talking, every five minutes, this person, I'm like, dude, my eyes up here, man. Like, you see how we, how we interact? We, we are easily blinded by the slavery that we submit ourselves to to the screens. Let's be present with one another. 70% of, of your communication happens without words. So when you text someone, you know how there's miscommunication sign? You text, so you send something, the person got all upset. I was like, dude, what did I do? They can't see your face. They can't hear your tone. But when you are physically together, how you sit, how you look, how you show your facial expression, communicate 70% of what you needed to say, more than what you actually say. That's why we need to be together. We need to be together to show the type of love. I was gently and kindly rebuked by my wife. Not too far, not too long ago, because of just my natural tendency to use my phone during dinner time, even when we're at home group. And she kind of talked to me about that, and, I, and she's like, you know, I've noticed you kind of keep using your phone a lot. My first reaction was, no, I'm using it for our discussion. Like, I need to pull up that, talk it over. Someone was calling me, someone was texting me, it's important. But I know in the bottom of my heart that is not true. Because that gave me a smokescreen, an easy escape when the conversation is dull in our home group sometimes. When I don't want to deal with talking to my kids. And we all do that. We've got to be present with people because we're made to be present with people. So I want to end with a couple of suggestions to us. They're not law, they're not commands, but just for practical things. I hope it will help you to be present with people when you're there. And not let the screens rob you of what the gift of relationship that God has placed in your life. Here's the first one. Is don't Netflix or Hulu, whatever device, or whatever streaming service you have, alone. Next time you queue up an episode you want to watch, call up a friend. Let's set a time. Let's go watch this episode. And before that and after, let's talk. Let's, have, let's talk about how, how you're doing. Let's, let's talk about how, how things are. Don't just go on your own and just Netflix on your own. And you know how that goes, right? One hour turns to two, two turns to days, days turn to months before you get out of bed. I think that's a, that's, that's a little too convicted there with the laughter. Okay, so don't Netflix, don't Hulu together. Find someone to do it with. All right, second one is this. Is take a break from social media. I'm not sign, telling you to sign off. I'm not telling you to just uh, si- uh, delete your account. Even just one day. One day, just not look at your Instagram, whatever, uh, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever it is. Just one day. Take a deep breath. And just let it, let, just, your friends are not going to miss you. They'll see you. And I know your parents are not going to text you, so don't worry about them. Right? So let's just take a day. Let's try to do it. I'm, I'm actually in the, in the process of trying that myself. Let's take one day off of social media. Those things will come back. Don't worry. They will not disappear. Here's the third one. Join a small group or participate in a small group. I know many of you are in a small group because you don't have choice. You show up. You have to participate. When those of you are not, I want to encourage you to be in one. I think when you are in close proximity with people asking you questions, 
that perhaps you don't want to listen to, perhaps you feel, deter- you, you feel naturally want to be away from, that intensity of relationship just dial up to 100. And let's be honest, there are not, not every small group that we have is the greatest small group that I, even I want to be in. I'm leading one. But guess what? I need it just as much as you need it. We need to be, be present with people and we need to take that step to allow people to be in our lives so that we can be present and do relationships the way that God has intended to be. Here's number four practical thing is this. You have 21 opportunities a week to be present with people, assuming you eat three meals a day, which most of you don't. So you don't eat breakfast like me, then you only have two. So you have uh, 14 opportunities to eat, get boba, get coffee, and it is easy to just go, I'll just eat on my own. It's easy at work. I just kind of put on my headphones, do my thing at lunch, at school. It's easy to be alone. In fact, I recently read, a, uh, not recently, two, a year ago, I read a book called Don't Eat Alone. <laughs> when you make it a point to schedule a lunch with someone, schedule dinner, and for some of you, you don't even need to schedule. Your rest of your family are outside eating. Just bring your food outside. Then you will be in community, be present with people. You will be in those relationships that God has placed in you, whether you like it or not. And you'll be rubbing against the friction that those relationships present. But it will be a good thing because God is trying to teach you something. And so let's not eat alone. Let's not just... I, okay, let, I, let me be clear. I'm not saying you can never eat alone. Okay? I mean, we're not being fair to think about this, but the reality is more of us eat alone than we eat with other people. Including our, our family. So let's practice that. And which leads to this week's challenge. You guys practiced your, uh, uh, did the challenge last week for digital detox. This week's challenge is this. First, eat with people. Or if you don't eat with people, try this. Disconnect from all screens during mealtime. That means your phone. That means your iPad. That means your laptop. That means the big TV showing the game at Buffalo Wild Wings while you're eating with your friends. Disconnect from all the screen and so that you can be present with the every person that's sitting around that table as you're eating with. Because eating is not just for your physical body. It's an opportunity for you to really do life with people around you. So here's a challenge I want to give you. Even if you eat on your own, don't take out your screen. Let that time to be a time that you can think, you can pray, you can just be quiet. And not be bombarded by the things that, that you feel the urgency to have to do. It's not easy. I know it's hard for me. I'm, I like to be multitasking. I like to work when I'm eating. But this will be, I think, a great opportunity for us to trust in the Lord and experience Him together. Okay, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we commit ourselves to you. Lord, obviously, Lord, you did not lay out specific ways of applying these things. But, Lord, these are some suggestions that we have and some ways that we, we can help curb our dependency on screen. So, Lord, we offer this to you. Lord, If by the Spirit of God, if you convict some of us to follow it, help us to do so not out of obligation, but help us to do so out of worship to you. And, Lord, we I know that I am weak. I cannot do this on my own. So, Lord, during this time, Give me strength, equip me, empower me to do, uh, to do this so that I can experience your blessing in my life. Lord, help us not to be mastered by our screens. 
is that let us turn to you, God, because you are the master of our lives. We want to experience freedom, experience your blessings that you have given to us. So, Lord, be with us. In Jesus' name we pray.